Roosters. It's your friend Paul here. Uh, we got an exciting episode today. Uh, we have a friend of the show. Andy Gallo will be joining us today. He is a actor in Hollywood. Good thing was we were actually uh, friends in college. So uh, he completely changed what he was doing and just got that acting bug. So we're going to dig deep, learn a little bit uh, in his world and hope you guys enjoy the program. Also, please like and subscribe. We appreciate everything you've done for us. Check out our merch. Got a lot of good things coming on there. And we just added another part of our podcast, another edition for reaction videos. You don't want to miss that. We'll see you soon. <laughs> guys, very happy that you guys could join us. We have a special guest today, a friend of mine. Uh, this is uh, Andy Gala. And Andy, go back a little bit, but um, wanted to have our friend on the show because, um, you know, if you're familiar, guys, you know, we cover a couple topics, conspiracy theory, music, paranormal, and paranormal, yes, and movies, and movies. So today we are going to focus on more of the acting aspect in film, and what better way to talk to a very gifted actor and friend. Andy, thank you so much for being on. How are things going? You have no idea how excited I am to have uh, an actor to talk to. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. We're we're a crazy bunch. Um, But, yeah, no, I'm doing good, man. I'm out here in nature and, um, uh, yeah, I mean, just uh, enjoying life. Uh, Can't complain. Mm -hmm. Good. For you guys, if you're not aware, Andy has been in a couple very successful programs in the day. Let's see, New Girl, (laughs) Criminal Minds, Bad Judge. Hot in Cleveland, Happy Endings, Outsourced, and you might have seen him in a couple of uh, Farmers Insurance commercials <laughs> with our buddy uh, J.K. Simmons, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. He's so also from Ohio. He's also Is from he? Ohio. Yeah, yeah. He's from Ohio. He's a super cool guy. Yeah. I had no idea. Well, that's great. I had no idea either. That's for sure. Um, obviously, you've been around a lot of different actors. Uh, one of the couple things that you've been involved in. Um, I told my friend Ron this. The Mistletones. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. a great movie. Absolutely great movie. The singing Thanks, and dancing, yeah. all all right oh, on yeah. cue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fun, fun to work on. I love Christmas movies, and, I've, and I'm trying to get him to see it. It's hard to find that movie. I've already seen it. That's the thing. It's like when he said that you were in it, I was like, no shit. <laughs> like, like he idolizes Christmas. So, what better way to then put one of those out there? So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and nice. and uh, also uh, sensitivity training. Got a chance? To oh yeah, check yeah, that yeah. Out. That was hilarious. Uh, oh yeah, that, that was, was yeah, super fun to work on. Yeah, very fun. Yeah. What What did you like the best about that? Um, you know, sensitivity. It was it was an indie movie, so it was like it, the, the you know, there's two different types of sets that you kind of get to work on. Um, a lot of the TV stuff can be a little more corporate, um, and it can be a little more like structured, and and so it's fun to work on those sets. The writing's really good. It's really snappy, but it's very organized and it's not as loose. Whereas the indie movies, you really get to like spend a lot of time with these people on set. You get to become a family and. Um, it just feels like a lot, much more collaborative, um, uh, uh, like experience, not all the time, but sure. most of the time. Um, and you know, um, so 
yeah, sensitivity training. I got to know everyone really well. We all ate dinner together, and like you know, it was just a really, really fun film to to work on. I love the the comedy aspect of it. I mean, it, it's it was straight up my alley for humor. So, <laughs> I mean, it was it was like the female version of anger management. I mean, that was the best way to to say it. Pretty much, yeah. It's it's uh, the the whole like the whole corporate environment, and and you know, just like. I mean, I, that's one thing I love about film and TV is like you, you, you get to tell these stories in a humorous way, but there's always a sense of truth underneath it. And, you know, the, the, the frustration in the corporate environment and, and how that comes out, you know, and, and it, it's uh, it's so, yeah, I thought it was a really fun film. And I thought like a lot of, you know, it, it's definitely like like relevant to probably, you know, what a lot of people experience. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely definitely a lot of fun to work on. For sure. I kind of want to take it back a little bit. I want to I want to go back to where you decided that you wanted to become an actor. Yeah. What, what was all going through your mind at the time? Like, what were some of your um, your hardships through making that decision, or what was your overall drive to be like, I got to do this? Yeah, absolutely, dude. Great question. Um, so I was at Kent, and I was uh, you know Paul and I were in in the chorus there, and I was like. I, I was doing like science, but I always had this like creative side that was more of a hobby. And then um, I did a play my last semester at Kent and just fell in love with it. I was like, oh my God, this is like so much fun. I love music, but I just knew that I was never talented enough to actually go pro with it. So it was just always just a hobby. Like I never really thought like, oh, I could actually make a career out of this or anything. But with acting, it was different. Like I didn't have a lot of training, but I really felt like this fit me really really well and um and it wasn't easy by any means like you know when i first came to la like la is just this giant city you have to like kind of find your way through and um it's super competitive so i had to spend a couple years like just learning how to act and and learning how to do it in a in a professional environment which is like these auditions which which can be like really really competitive um but you know after a couple years it, it started coming together i got better and better at it and um, kind of found my groove with it and then you know then just took it from there and acting's a weird thing like the industry's really weird there, there's and I'm sure it's like this with with most uh, you know creative career paths is it's not necessarily like a consistent thing you know you 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 have these really busy years then you have slow years and so it's really important not to get too attached to that stuff because you don't really have a lot, a lot of control over it um, but I think it's a great way to grow as a human and you don't have to be professional at it or anything. It's just, it's just a, a great practice, whether it's music, painting, theater, whatever it is to, you know, take that time to reflect in and, um, you know, just learn about more about it. I, I always liken it to traveling, but not externally, but internally, you know, you're traveling into the, you know, into your soul or whatever you want to call it. And, uh, That's a great yeah, analogy. so for sure, man, for sure. Yeah. It's, uh, so that's kind of that's you know it took a while for me to kind of like get to that because i think early on you you get attached to these these ideas where like oh i just want to you know be famous or i want to get on this show and it's going to mean xyz but over time and jk like it's funny with jk at that farmer's insurance commercial about four years before i filmed that commercial um i was going to a film festival in florida and um i happened to sit next to jk on the plane it was like because my like my plane got full the one i was originally booked on and um and you know so they had to put me on a new flight 
and I got bumped to first class. And then when I sat down, JK sits next to me. And this is right after he won that Oscar. And like, you know, the guys from Ohio and like, you know, he was like in his forties when it all happened for him. So like, you know, a lot of years, like it just like, he just was just at it and nothing really going on. And uh, he just had some great advice. He was just like, you know, look, you, you can't get caught up in those things. You just have to show up, do good work. And one day it will all come together. Um, and then, so it was really funny because three, four years later, I'm going in for this commercial audition for farmers and I tell the director, it's like, oh yeah, I know JK, we sat on a plane together and then they put me on it. So it was cool. What a serendipitous moment. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Crazy. I'm telling you the Ohio connection, like it, it's crazy. Like it's anywhere you go, man. It's, it's always great to meet people from Ohio. They, they got your back. That's pretty true. <laughs> no, but just elaborating on when you, when you got into your play, I mean, what was going through your mind? Obviously, I didn't, you know, I'm just saying, I didn't know you even had an acting bug. You know, we were in chorus, and it was like you were pre-med. And then one day you go, yeah, I'm going to go move to L.A. to act. And I was like... <laughs> yeah, I think, I think you, you know, know I, I, yeah, yeah, it was, it was weird. What like a ballsy I, decision. Uh, no, I mean, yeah. Yeah, like, I, yeah I, even, I even look back, and I'm like, yeah, that was crazy that, like, I just went to L.A. to act. Um yeah, no, it was wild. I think I think it's the bug. Like once once I kind of got a taste of that, like being on stage, and it's really like a spiritual experience. It's it's like you have the writer's words. Hang on one second. I'm just gonna close this window here. Okay. Um, yeah, no um, sorry, sorry. Uh, okay. Um, so it, it's really like a spiritual experience in many ways because you have this author who writes these words and then, you know, you rehearse it, you memorize these words, you, you incorporate it. Um, and then you, you have the performance where you have this live audience and you have your other actors and your partners and whatnot. And something really magical happens in that live setting that you, you don't plan it. And I remember I was having this really intense scene and then this joke happened and everyone just erupted in laughter. And it was just this like really like crazy connection between the words, myself, the person I'm acting in front of and the audience. And it was almost like this shared spiritual experience that like I can't really explain in words, but I felt it with like every fiber of my being. And at that point, I wasn't like just like, OK, well, I'm just going to, you know, I, my, the plan was I was just going to take a year off and I was just going to go to L.A. for a year or two. I was burnt out on college too. And, and I was just kind of like sick of studying and, you know, I was going to go to med school and I was going to be a whole nother, a whole lot more studying. So I wasn't really crazy about that. And I was like, well, why don't I take a year off, you know, and explore this. And, um, and that's when, you know, I went to LA and everything just kind of happened. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like I just moved to LA and everything was just like handed to me, but I made slow progress every like month, every month, every six months, every year that really made me feel like, okay, you know, I should just continue doing this on. And um, yeah, and so that's, that's just kind of how I broke into it. But that initial moment was, yeah, I, th I think it was something instinctual. Like I, I realized that I had this like knack for acting because I had no training, but I just kind of understood it. Um, but I didn't know how to be consistent at it. And so that's where the years of training have come in is like, how do you, how do you capture that magic in a bottle and consistently deliver it rather than like it just happening accidentally. Um, so yeah, that, that was kind of like the moment that I realized like, oh, you know, maybe I should kind of work at this because I might have a, a thing at, you know, and I also just really loved it. I just like couldn't get enough of it. So that, that was also a big part of it too. 
Well, that explains it because, you know, you were, you know, in that lead role for proof. And what I was fascinated with is, you know, you getting in the California Institute of Art out of 1,200. Yeah, yeah. You get in. I mean, that that's huge. That shows you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I you know, I, I knew I needed training at that point. And, and so, you know, I, I realized, like, the, the best way I could do it was, like, go to an acting conservatory they they are really competitive to get into it's it's part of it is just luck as well um but i i i look i kind of reverse engineered it i looked at like who are the actors that i want to be in 10 years like you know what roles do they work on what's their background like how did they get there and almost all of them i i noticed that they were theater actors they were like conservatory trained actors who then went on and did film and so because i had such a lack of training and it was hard to do it in L.A. because L.A. is really just focused on getting the job. It's not really like focused on having like the foundational training. And so, you know, I, I thought to myself, well, if I really want to do this, I should invest like two or three years in really learning this. And I, fe- I felt like that was something that would get pay dividends for the rest of my life, you know. And um, and so, yeah, I, I, I auditioned for it. I, I did a Shakespeare monologue. I really got into it. I worked with like this coach who used to, you know, be a director at, at, at the school and, you know, just kind of like really just got obsessed with like finding that that niche. And yeah, the hardest part about it was getting in. And then the experience there was like really amazing. I mean, it was a serious place and it was a place to work, but the work you're doing is so like fun. It wasn't like the the science stuff, which just kind of felt draining this stuff really felt fulfilling. Like, you know, you, you're digging into plays and, you know, there was a lot of like, um, a lot of that, but then it's also like, like kind of traumatic too, because, um, you know, you delve into a lot of like dark, deep emotions and you see that coming from others too. So a lot of breakdowns, a lot of people, you know, confronting things that, you know, they bury deep inside that come out. So it's a, it, it was a weird experience, you know, it wasn't all just academic. It's like, you know, there's a lot of like, you know, psychological stuff that you kind of have to like, you know, like get it, get your head around. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So when you were trying to do your re-engineering of like who you wanted to be in 10 years to apply to this art school or the acting school, uh, who was your North star then? And who is your North star now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. Co- good question, man. Um, so I think back then I, I really like, like I saw this, uh, uh, play, um, or not this play, this movie, um, sideways with Paul Giamatti. And I, I was just blown away by that performance. I was just like, it was so subtle. There was so much depth in it. And I, that was one actor that I really like, you know, reverse engineer, like, how did he learn how to do that? Like, that's like what he did was just so brilliant. And I just like, how does he do that? And, um, and I saw that he, he went to Yale for, for acting and did the whole conservatory thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that was one that I kind of looked at. The other one was Clive Owen in Closer. Mm. Um, I thought he just did like, he was this unknown guy with all these movie stars and just wiped the floor with them. Like his performance was just so like raw and primitive and like, you know, just like, I couldn't keep my eyes off him. I thought he was just so brilliant. And, um, and, you know, I also looked at like, well, how did he learn how to do that? Like, what was his background? Yeah, him too. Like, he was just this working actor, kind of obscure. And then he did a lot of theater and he actually did the, the play closer and, and on stage and then got cast in the movie. And um, and so th- those were like two that really stuck out to me. 
Um, and then the other ones were like, you know, like Dustin Hoffman, Al Pacino, like they all come from the theater. They didn't do, I don't know if they did conservatory, like a traditional thing, but they came from the theater. And so most of the actors that I saw who could really dig in into those deep, deep, like dark places and like really like, you know, eke out these crazy performances. Um, I saw most of them came from the theater. And so from there, like I started reading a lot of plays and I, I found like plays were just so much different than, than what you see in movies. And the, the whole, the whole way, like theater is ancient. Like we've been doing theater as humans for thousands of years. So there's something hardwired in us on, on this, this element of performance in a live setting. And um, the concept of catharsis where like, you know, you see it on, on like preachers, like in, in religious settings too, where people will have breakdowns, you know, it's like these releases of, of whatever, you know, whether it's from past lives or whether it's just things that are buried. And theater was, was, was a place like that. I thought it was a place of spirit. And, and, you know, there was, there was, it wasn't like this, this thing of like, oh, it's religious or organized, but there was something deeply human and raw about it. And I thought film captures things very up close, but theater, you know, you have the voice that travels through the air. It's, it's not traveling through a speaker or a microphone. You're just, you know, you're experiencing it raw. And, um, there's something very, very powerful about that. And, um, and what I noticed is a lot of these actors, anytime I saw a movie or a film and I saw someone who just really like blew me away, I always traced it back to theater. Like they started in the theater at some point. And, um, and so that's where I just, I just realized that whatever I'm looking for, I'll probably find it in the theater, you know, like whatever I'm trying to, whatever questions I have, or even questions that I don't even know what to ask. I'm probably going to find those answers in the theater. And that's just kind of how I gravitated uh, towards that. That's awesome. That's so fascinating. I want to get into more of this theater stuff because I'm a recently uh, found fan of theater. Shall we say? Yeah. Nice. And welcome back guys. All right. So with theater, I am a very (laughs) new fan of theater. I mean, it's kind of (laughs) gradually built over the years, but what got me into it was actually a uh, musician by the name of Devin Townsend. And he put on this uh, one-off concert in the UK. It's called the Retinal Circus. So he has a whole catalog of of albums. So he kind of cherry-picked uh, the best songs that kind of fit this kind of uh, story that he put together and then kind of had a whole play involved in the concert. So that kind of is what kind of sparked the interest for me. And then when I moved up here to Ohio, my wife uh, got me to go down to Playhouse Square and see a couple shows. And I fell in love with it, man. I really did. Acting's always been one of those things I've always been fascinated with. So I kind of want to ask, like, when you when you're going in and you're starting out, you go to school, you you kind of. Uh, kind of get into the tool shed moments where you're just trying to build everything up when you go into auditions and stuff what what is your mindset for it going into it more so like when you first started out to like now after you've done it for such a long time absolutely man that's a great question um so i think uh you know audition is its own own like entity it's it's uh it's it's not really the same as what you do on set or even on stage it's it's its own type of performance and 
the thing of it is, is that it's, it's, um, a lot of ego gets into it. You know, there's a lot of pressure. Um, it's not like a performance where, uh, you know, you have the job already and, you know, you can just have fun. You can relax. Um, I, I would say auditioning is actually the job and the vacation is actually working. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense, you know? <laughs> so it's like the, the, the prize is actually working. The, the job is actually going in and, 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 um, auditioning, um, Hang on one second. I'm just going to close this door here. Um, yeah, yeah, give me one second. Sorry sure. about that. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, you know, I think I think when I when I first started out, um, you know, you feel like you want to just book everything, and and you put a lot of pressure on yourself. You think that like, oh, I can be a good enough actor, and you know, book every single role or every single opportunity. Um, but that's really just not the case. Um, you know, it, there's so many factors that go into what goes from an audition to a job that have nothing to do with you as an actor. It has all these things to do that you are, it's completely outside of your control. Mm -hmm. And so you have to learn over time to let go of control. Like you have to let go of these things. You can't like, you can't get in the mindset where like, Oh, I'm only going to be happy until I get this job or I'm only going to be happy until I do this. And you have to look at it as building relationships and, took me a while to really understand that, but the casting directors remember you. And so they know that, okay, this person is not right for this role, but they're a good actor. And you know what? I'm going to remember them for this other thing that comes up. And it's weird. Like it'll happen. Like, you know, three years later, someone will remember you for something and they'll bring you in and you'll like, just get it. And nice. I've noticed that the, the, awesome. the jobs that I, that I've booked have been really easy. Like you don't have to work really that hard when it's meant for you but mm -hmm. when it's not meant for you you're going to find yourself working really hard and the, the the easiest way you can tell is like when it's meant for you you'll look at the script once and it's memorized like you don't even have to like it just somehow like you just pick it up and absorb it and like it's just in your brain the stuff that's not meant for you you're like why the fuck like why the hell can i not memorize this you know like why can't i you know you'll read it over and over again you'll write it down and everything, but those words won't stick. And I think that there, there's something like I learned where sometimes it's not you finding the role, but the role's finding you. And it's like this, this connection that um, you don't have control over. So yeah, I think the, the, the short of it is just auditioning is just all about letting go of control. Um, well, that's, 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 that's good to hear. Cause in my mind, I already kind of had it in a sense kind of figured out. Cause like in my mind, they have an idea already for who they want, obviously. So you're just going in there, taking your swing, and then you just kind of have to let it go because kind of like you said, if it's meant for you, it's going to be you. If it's not, right. then, you know, go to the next one. Is that is that essentially what you have to do? Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty much how you have to kind of approach it. Um, you, you, It's very, very hard to the other thing is you don't like, you know, and something I learned to do is like, it's, it's just have a neutral, like I, I try to have a neutral opinion about it. Like I, I, cause sometimes early on I would be like, Oh, they're never going to cast me for this or, you know, Oh, I'm so perfect for this. And then I wouldn't get it. And then I would look at who they casted. I'm like, Oh yeah, that was, that was not me. Like, you know, like there's nothing like I could have done for that. And so, you know, um, and then there's a business element to it. You know, a lot of times with, with auditioning, um, they have a lead actor already in mind, like an offer set to some like name actor. And mm -hmm. then they're just bringing in everyone that way in case that person backs out, they, they don't have to scramble. So, okay. you, you know, there's so many things that are going on that really 
are beyond your control, you could do an excellent job, just nail it, like just kill it. And, you know, the offer has already been out to someone else who's coming off of like hunger games. And, you know, it's like, no way they're going to, you know, and so it's just like, you, you, you don't really have control over it. What you do have control is to have fun in the process. Um, and that's something I learned to kind of do is just to enjoy that process and not like, not sweat when it doesn't work out. Cause it can get like crushing when like, you know, it doesn't work out and you did a really great job and you know, you did everything right. And you know, y- you still don't get it. Like it can be crushing. And I think um, to have the, 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 the skin be thick enough to kind of get through the longevity of these things, you know um, you really got to like, just, it has to like not absorb. It has to just fall off. And, yeah. um, um, and so I, I just made it a rule. Like I try to just have fun. I try to do my best, respect the character, respect the words, and then just let it go, you know, and, and not, not get attached to any of it. That's very freeing, freeing way to be too. So you kind of romanticize the whole facet of being an actor as you know, somebody who's not obviously, but you also hear all the horror stories with like auditioning and just never catching a break. But it's very easy for me to romanticize the fact that you're not working essentially. Like kind of like what you said, you do the audition, that's the job. The vacation is actually, you know, the acting part. And I've watched horror movie outtakes and stuff where people are doing very like dramatic things. They're scared out of their wits or they're yelling and being crazy. And as soon as you hit cut, everybody's smiling like, <laughs> yeah. This is what I do for a it's living. Time for lunch. <laughs> totally. So, yeah. I, I'm just fascinated with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, like, I think, I think, um, uh, you know, act, it, 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 it's not even just acting, I think any creative career, it's not a linear thing. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's not like, it's not like, um, you know, the corporate world, or like, if you wanted to be a lawyer, or, you know, a doctor or anything, it's very like, you do this, you get that, you do this, you get that. And, you know, and, and it goes that way. I think with creative careers, it, it's, it's, it's just not linear, you know, like you, you can, you can have very, very, like, thin years and then all of a sudden something just shifts and all of a sudden it's like you're you're busy and there's so many examples of that like brian cranston you know for years like nothing happened and you look at him breaking bad and you're just like god this guy is so freaking brilliant you know but like it took him years to get there you know like he kind of just had to do the working actor thing for a long time until Mm -hmm. that all came together um same thing with jk like i you know, like I, I, I had a long conversation with him about, you know, just like, how do you stay in it as long as you did until the thing happened? And, you know, it's like, you just like, you, after a point, you have to learn to have a complete life. Now, the other thing is, is it's not really like there's traps on the other side of it. Like once you get on the other side, it's not like, oh, it's like, great, you made it. And now everything's great. There's totally different challenges that come on that side. I mean, it's not, it's not a coincidence that a lot of actors like after they make it you know end up like you know on drugs or get addicted really bad or you know have their lives fall apart or their personal relationships fall apart so mm-hmm. th- you know the thing is is that even though you may have certain challenges before you get on the other side and then when you get on the other side those specific challenges are gone when you get on the other side there's whole new challenges that you never really had to deal with before you were on the previous side so you know, I think overall, you got to have a strong sense of yourself and like, just be level headed and grounded. 
that's why I think people like probably shouldn't get into it when they're kids, because I feel mm-hmm. like you, you really got to have like a strong sense of yourself um, or you're going to fall victim into a lot of these like, you know, traps that kind of, you know, it can get pretty dark. I've seen it happen with a lot of very talented people and it's sad, you know? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, another person that came to mind uh, that kind of happened a little later in their life was like John Hamm. You know, until Madman came yeah. along, people really didn't know who he was. And now he's like, he blew up, you know. Yeah. And that was another one of those things of uh, you were talking earlier about a way that somebody kind of got into a headspace of how to do a character a certain way. And John Hamm being on Madman was one of those things is like, I've seen him in stuff before, but, you know, he took on a whole different character <laughs> for himself, you know. I mean, down to just like the way he talked, the mm-hmm. way he didn't speak, you know, that. I mean, it just, <laughs> it just got me all fired up for it. It was just really cool. I lo- I, I'm a huge fan of acting. If you can't I know. <laughs> I do have a question. So what you're talking about, the process of what it goes into you know, creating the craft. What was your process when you were auditioning for MTV Next? <laughs> uh, pay me. Get me a job. You, you thought I forgot about TV. that one, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That thing is whole. It was a whole experience because, like, you watch it from like you know home, and you think it's like this live. It's all scripted. Like the whole thing is completely choreographed, and they do takes, and like it's all written. There's writers on there, and I mean, it was really crazy. That was my first experience ever being on a set, and I was like, <laughs> "Whoa! Like this is a whole like machine. This is a factory that they're doing." Um, and it's free labor cause they didn't pay us like anything like they, you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's of non-union, course. you know, like, it's of course like, on TV. Yeah, sure. totally exploitive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> Dude, I remember I was still in Kent and I just happened, I just happened to come on and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I go, did I just see what I saw? <laughs> oh my gosh. It was the funniest thing ever, dude. Yeah, I, I answered an ad on Craigslist. You know? Oh, seriously? Like, that's how you did? Yeah. Oh, okay. Nope. <laughs> yeah. I got on Craigslist and like, you know, you just show up on a cattle call and like, you know, it's like, I mean, it was the most like obscene experience ever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Re- reality TV is wild, man. I mean, it's, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a show. Like it's, it's crazy. I think they just like bring on the most craziest people they can and that's what you get rewarded that's how you get on the show you just have to be completely outrageous um even in the audition um and then what they started doing is they give boot people booze like a lot of these like <laughs> like reality shows they just get them really drunk and, like, oh yeah that's <laughs> don't feed them just let them drink and they'll just go fight it out yeah that's so, yeah. <laughs> um, so funny that is funny andy uh, as far as with dealing with the press what was, if you can recall, what was the worst question that someone asked you? That one. I think. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, hi, buddy. You're right here. <laughs> um, no, no, it was pretty Nothing? respectful. You know, yeah, yeah, I haven't had any any bad, bad, like, uh, experiences with, you know, press or anything like that. No, no, it's all been good. How about uh, the creepiest fan you've ever met? Uh, you know, you, you always get like, if you're on a show, it doesn't really happen when you're not on a show, but when you're on a show, like, um, you know, you get like weird Facebook messages or, you know, you get people will send random, you know, like messages or whatever. Um, people just uh, randomly asking for your socks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just, just weird, just weird stuff like that. 
in LA, it, it's not so much because there's that you know, like it's it's um it's not as is 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 people aren't like that you know because it's just around everywhere. But like I remember, like yeah, like if I would like travel somewhere or something like that, it would it would you know like someone would it'd only be like if you're on a show it'd be like within that like window when you're actually on the gotcha. air then everyone forgets about you so it's just like while you're relevant you know um <laughs> but yeah no no it's it's uh not, nothing too crazy nothing too weird interesting <laughs> <laughs> um go on hang on I'm, I'm retracing my thoughts do you have a question yet Nope. Oh yeah, sure. Go ahead. So, shoot, I got one running in a minute. But go ahead. Pretty sure I got something here. So, what what's something that you're kind of eyeballing right now? Is there anything down the pike coming up that you're preparing for, or something that you kind of have an idea where you want to go with it? Yeah, you know, um, it's weird because COVID hit, and all of a sudden, everything that everyone had like planned, you know, like oh, we're you know we're working on this project, we want to you know take it here or whatever it was like the great reset, like, you know, like everything had to just be reset. And, um, you know, a lot of the protocols on set have all changed. You know, you got to have like testing, you know, I mean, it's, it's really like, and it's really hurt a lot of smaller filmmakers because if you're a big studio like Marvel, you know, you can afford all this stuff, but if you're an indie film or like a smaller project, um, you know, you're, you're really like penny to penny. It's really, you're doing it for the love of the work. And, um, mm-hmm. and same thing with theater too. Like a lot of shows got canceled. So, um, at this point, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not that like it might, it, I, I, I feel like planning right now is even like until the situation kind of gets more solid and structured and like, we have a clear idea of what's going on. Um, you know, it, it's hard to really plan anything cause it just changes, you know, like, it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, we're doing this now. We're not, you know, or like we're doing this now there's lockdowns, you know, it's right. just like, so, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of like unfortunate. So, um, yeah, there's a, there's a few people who've, you know, been trying to get this movies off the ground, but I'm not really like, you know, I'm not really like too, um, focused on it because we really just don't know with what's happening a lot of funding got pulled you know people got spooked and they don't want to invest money in it you know so right. so it, it's a it's a weird time right now um but it, it's starting to get a little better and i think in about six months things will get a little more solidified and things will start kind of getting more like um uh you know just a little more consistent gotcha cool. um what would be considered your dream role oh man that's a good question um oh geez I think, uh, you know, I, I, I love, I love comedy, but I also love doing like more dramatic work as well. Um, I always had a dream of being on like a sitcom with a live audience because you get that theater experience and it's just, it's a nice gig because you have nine to five hours, like you have structured hours, you know, you can go home after work. It's not like, you know, you're on location or, you know, like you have no life while it's going on. Um, so yeah, like a network sitcom would always be a fun experience. Um, and I love comedy. Like it's not deep, but there's such a technical timing component to it that is just really fun, like to get laughs and to hit jokes on the mark and, and things like that. Um, so that that's that's one area where I would have a like that would be a dream to kind of have that experience. Um, and then the other would be, you know, like a role like Breaking Bad or Mad Men where like, you know, you have some really good writing that and you have this like really long arc over 20 episodes or like three or four seasons and you can really get like 
dig down deep into that character psychology. You can't really do that on a sitcom. It's more like just surface level hitting marks and hitting jokes, which is satisfying too. But um, there's a different satisfaction that comes where you can really, you know, dig into a character and create an arc over a long period of time. So um, yeah, th that's, that's like always the dream, either one of those two um, or like a film, you know, like a really, really good film that it's good writing that you can really get, get deep into. So you're basically That's just awesome. getting like emotionally invested yeah. in, in what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, like, um, uh, a good example is like Batman, um, with Heath Ledger. I don't know if you guys remember that when he played the Joker in Heath Ledger oh, and, and, you know, I just thought it was <laughs> so brilliant. What a, like, what a incredible performance. But what I thought was so brilliant is as the, as the movie progressed, his makeup gets sloppier, his hair gets sloppier you can see like his character falling apart as, mm -hmm. as the story progresses, you know? And I thought, I just thought that, it, you know, it's just not like, Oh, he's putting on the same makeup and whatever. It's like every detail was really thought about. And the amount of work that takes to really like carefully think about every little detail like that, even from like your makeup, like getting sloppy as, as the scene, you know, as the movie progresses. And, um, and same thing with like breaking bad, like you see Walter white in the beginning, like season one, he's kind of buttoned up and like you know just kind of like you know the dark the dark side of him hasn't really come out mm -hmm. but then like you know in season five season he shaves his head you know and he's like really getting into like you know the 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 weeds into this whole like meth thing and and to create that sort of character and then you have these flashbacks of like you know when things were different and and that shows the real contrast of just how far you know down this rabbit hole he's gone I just think doing roles like that is so like, so incredibly fun um, and, and satisfying. Um, and you can't really do that unless you get on a TV show, you know, you can't you, on a movie, you can do it somewhat, but like a TV show will last five or six years where you can really grow with that character. So yeah. Um, uh, any, anything like that where you can really dig into it is, is always like the best. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I love to see you play a, a villain. <laughs> right. I would love to see that. Honestly, totally, man. Have, have, have you? I mean, if the, if the opportunity ever arises, would you? Would you try to play a villain? Was that something you've ever? I mean, because a lot of yeah. a lot of the you know what I've seen at least you know, um, I can see you being a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, th I think everyone's a good guy in their own story. So even sure. like villains, I you know that they're they're definitely you know they're just they're just skewed differently. Like they're just they got a, you know, messed up perspective on life for whatever reason. And, but they're all, they're all justifying their, their, um, their, you know, like their, their motivations, like they're through, through like their arc. Um, but I, I think like, that's, what's really interesting about villain. Cause I think we learn a lot about ourselves watching villains, you know, um, they're usually broken people. And so there's a saying that like hurt people hurt people and, yeah. and villains, villains remind me of that. I think at the core, they're deeply damaged. And so they justify the evil that they're doing almost as a way to get revenge on the world. Really great Shakespeare play, Richard the third, who was born as a humpback and, you know, he ascends to the throne, but he does it in the most treacherous way. He kills his brothers. You know, he murders his family. Like he does it in like the most awful way. And he has these monologues, these like really long monologues where he talks about like being deformed and how the world shunned him and how the abuse that he took on as a child and how he felt like an outcast. And so he, you know, he's like the world bit me when I was born and he gave me, made me disfigured and cursed me. So now I have teeth and I'm going to bite the world for what it did to me. 
and it's it's just powerful like like it i even get chills now like just thinking about like those 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 long monologues that richard has and mm-hmm. it really justifies the the idea of the villain is like it's not that people are evil like what happened to that person that drove him to like do this you know and there's something so that like so enthralling about that watching that oh yeah we have two recent examples of that that really strive the way on that was thanos and you know the marvel series and stuff you knew what he was going for. You knew what he meant, why he was doing it. In a sense, you're like, I mean, it kind of makes sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then you have, you know, Todd Phillips, uh, Joaquin Phoenix playing the Joker. That right. movie, the entire movie is like, yeah. Oh, I completely understand why you ended yeah. up that way. You know? Absolutely. So I, I, I can hundred percent agree with what you said there. Most definitely. Most definitely. And that, that's like that. That's the joy of like playing those types of roles when an actor can really get it right. It's like, oh, my God, like the audience is rooting for the villain. That's the holy grail. You know what I mean? Like, the audience is like rooting for the villain because they, they were so compelling and drew you into their story so much. It's just oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So when you're doing theater gigs, are I, I don't know about this, so I'm sorry to everybody who hears this if it's a dumb question, but when you're doing theater, is it a touring gig or is it just like a, a Broadway type thing or something of that nature where it's stationary? Yeah, it, it just depends. You know, um, I think uh, there, there are touring gigs that, that you can do. Um, uh, a lot of the tours are musicals, so that's uh, I don't I'm not like a, I, I don't do musical theater. Um, I just don't have the the musical chops for it but um a lot of i have friends who who like do the whole touring thing um yeah it's a great experience you know it's it's, uh and then the broadway stuff is typically more commercial stuff um they do have some stuff that like is a little more artsy that goes for like the awards and things like that Mm -hmm. uh but for the most part um a lot of the touring stuff is more musical musical theater and then the theater i do i mean i don't really do theater like it's not like in la you don't really do theater like it's not necessarily like you're doing it to to like do it as a job you're just doing it to kind of expand yourself as an actor it's usually like you know uh, there's no like really big huge theaters in la it's a lot of like small little theaters and they work more like labs it's more like uh oh this is some really cool new playwright and let's kind of put this show up and let's see if we can you know make something happen um, but LA for the most part is a film and TV town. So that yeah. the main focus is really around that. Now, if you do do a lot of these like smaller theater shows in LA, a lot of agents, managers, industry people attend these regularly. So most actors do this just for the creative, uh, element. And then the goal typically is to be seen by someone in the industry and then pull you and in, into a show. Um, but in New York, it's a little bit different. Like New York is really a big theater town. So um, yeah, if, if like you want to do professional theater and actually make a living at it and like do this as a gig, um, New York's probably the best place to go for that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. I've definitely heard more about Broadway and stuff. And until you said something about it, I was like, I don't really know of any like major theaters per se for like plays and such in LA. <laughs> it's weird, man. It's, yeah. it's really weird. You know, like it's theater used to be like really huge in like the 70s 60s i mean just in any time before that theater used to be like a very profitable profitable thing and then you know when film and tv kind of took hold the movie theater kind of replaced live theater and that you know they just make so much more money with movies that it didn't really justify 
having live theater. And so you kind of see this thing almost become like a relic, you know, like you have it in Broadway, New York, but beyond that, like, it's really, it's usually like a community center or like some sort of like uh, government funded, like a university or like an art center that's doing it, but you don't see like an AMC or like, you know, like a Cinemark or whatever that's just doing live theater. It's hard to make money at it. Um, But, you know, what I fear also is like with the, with the thing of streaming, you know, and then you have YouTube and TikTok and these things like that. um, I fear that, you know, maybe in like 20 years that might even happen to film and TV, because when you start looking at the business side of it, you know, the, 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 you know, like you do a YouTube video or like, you know, you're a YouTube influencer. um, It's very cheap to create that content, like very, very cheap compared to creating content where you need a whole set and you need makeup artists and, you know, sound operators and all of that. And so what's really great is, is that more people have access to make content. But the other thing that's, that's, you know, something that that I kind of noticed a trend is like whatever was happening to theater, where it was slowly just less and less people were going to it. Um, I think with, with the streaming services, because it's not an ad supported uh, uh, platform, it's membership supported. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that changes the eco- economics of it a lot. You know, it's like all of a sudden you don't have hit shows like you had, you know, like friends, you know, where it's like the whole country is watching one show. So right. everyone's getting paid a lot because there's a lot of money flowing into that one show. Whereas now you have 50 shows that everyone kind of watches. And so now it's like, there is more work, but then also like, you know, the, the, the economics of it are very, very different. So I don't know where it's going to end up, you know, but it, I've noticed that change with the rise of streaming in, in the recent years where it's very different now than it was when I first moved to L.A. where TV and film was like really dominant. Um, right. So, yeah, it's interesting. Hey, that's that's, that's <laughs> a, one of those daunting thoughts. Yeah. of like, man, if that happened, it'd be so sad because you would have a sea of turds and like maybe <laughs> one or two good movies, you know what I mean? <laughs> Because that's kind of what happened with the music industry with the whole, you know, um, downloading and stuff, you know? Yep. The music that we have in the top 140, whatever, you know, those are like handpicked people and they go all in on these people. And usually it's one person and it's not a band, you know, (laughs) because it doesn't cost a lot for one person. But, you know, everybody has the ability to make their art on their laptop these days and it can be anything mm-hmm. and we don't even have the time in our life to listen to everybody's stuff <laughs> no way <laughs> no yeah way. yeah but i i it, think it, it, i'll go for okay. it yeah, yeah. Go ahead. oh i was just gonna say i think it it it, it kind of it's kind of a buzzkill to think about it because although you're making great art and you would love for people to see that and you know think of you as an artist and what you're doing. But nowadays it's really all about marketing and just trying to get it seen. That's why you have all these people doing all kinds of crazy and outrageous things, kind of rolling back to what you said about getting on reality TV. That's what it takes now. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think you made a really great point with uh, uh, what happened with the music industry around 2000. And, and I know, I remember that, like, I remember, Oh wow. I don't need a big book of CDs. I just can have this little iPod. And then Napster was there and you could just download the music for free. And that was really the beginning of the end of the music industry. And, you know, for those listening or, you know, who remember, like 
back in the eighties and nineties, like music was the game. Like that was, you know, that was really like the driving force of a lot of culture and just people, you know, with just entertainment in general. And when that happened, then the only way musicians could make money would be touring. And so, mm. but you couldn't make money, like, you know, selling out, nobody bought albums anymore. And, um, and so now you have Spotify where you can just get like the entire music catalog for eight bucks a month. Like, right. you know, like, I mean, that's insane. Right. And like, yeah, it's my, mm -hmm. and now you're yeah. kind of seeing that happen with like movies and TV. Like, you know, you can get on Hulu or you can get on Netflix and there's just endless movies, you know, that just, you know, you can just watch forever. What does that do to the business side? You know, what does that do to the filmmakers? What does that do to the other side of it? Um, and then, you know, the, the technology, like these phones and like, you know, like these sort of things that we're getting from the internet, the algorithms behind this are so intelligent and like, you know, you can just keep watching and they put certain things in front of you that like, you know, that, that, that really like hit your like pleasure centers or your pain centers or whatever it is, whatever's going to get you a reaction. Right. And, um, and so, you know, it's a whole new ball game now. I don't think it's like, you know, you know, like it, theater did go away, but like, was that the worst thing? Cause movies, I mean, it's just some incredible films happen, you know, we could do a lot more with movies and, mm -hmm. you know, and so it, I think in life in general, there's always this constant evolution. And, and I think, you know, the, 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 the way to look at it, at least the way I try to look at it is, is not to get stuck in, in one way, but look at where the trend is going. Like, okay, is it going online? Like, is that where the, you know, the trend is happening? Um, is it happening where, okay, people are going to live performances or whatever it is? Like, where is that trend going? And then try to like get ahead of that curve. Um, because I feel like there's two ways you can really kind of break through. One is getting slightly ahead of a trend. Like, you know, think of Kylie Jenner and the Kardashians. Like they were kind of like reality star, you know, like not really taken seriously but they got on this YouTube and Instagram trend early, like really, really early. And so now like, they're just, you know, they've gotten huge, like way more successful than a lot of people who did it like the, the, you know, the, the traditional way. Right. And it wasn't that they're any better. It's just that they got on this trend before it really kind of caught on. And um, same thing with like a lot of these streaming things, you know, like if you invested in a lot of the stock of these companies when they weren't really taken seriously, but you could really tell like, man, this is like, this is going to be huge. Um, you know, it's not even that like from an artistic standpoint, but a lot of people like made a lot of money, like, you know, getting in on that, those things early. So I think one thing that we're in right now is like really the fourth technological revolution. Like we're on the, the cusp of like really a whole new way of, of, kind of consuming things in the world that goes beyond just entertainment, but really spans every aspect of our life. Mm. And, um, and I think, uh, I think that's, that's exciting. And it's also sad because it's, it's sad because a lot of the things that we grown up with and we're used to might not be around, oh, but I think it's yeah. exciting because like, there's a shit ton of opportunity to kind of jump on new things where, you know, the barrier of entry is not so hard. It's not such a wall, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it's like, yeah, I, I think there's positives and negatives, you know, and, and, um, you know, the way to go about it is just, you know, try to focus on the positives. I think that's what I try to tell myself and not get too, too hung up on like what's changing, but instead try to embrace it and maybe get ahead of it. Right. Right. You know, I've, I've heard somebody actually say that TikTok might be like the future of the music industry. Yeah. And I, I could actually see that being a very viable yep. thing, but yep. 
you know, along the same lines of it being sad because like I'm an old soul as it is. I love like twenties, thirties, forties music. Like I'm a huge fan of jazz and I'm really worried that one day it won't be like, you won't be able to go see it live anymore. You know what I mean? Cause like, who's into that stuff nowadays? (laughs) Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. It's, it's crazy, man. Like nobody plays instruments anymore. You know what I mean? Like I love like Jimmy Page, Led Zeppelin, like, you know, like, I mean, people were like, you know, like they, they like broke barriers and, and the music they created was just like revolutionary. And, you know, nobody, nobody tries to do that anymore. I don't know. Does even, is it even cool? play guitar anymore like you know but like you know it's like you go on tiktok and it's just like it's a totally different medium and it seems like what everyone's chasing there is just completely different than than um whatever but i would say like what did people who who you know grew up with beethoven or like listened to classical music and then jazz came out and like it's these like you know sweaty bars and yeah. It's at night and everyone's drinking alcohol like is this music you know like so yeah. it's like you know every generation kind of has their own their own like you know thing and so it's mm-hmm. it's weird like you know it 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 somewhat is the same like this this i mean just to kind of get like on a deeper level like it's this it's like life you know whatever issues or problems or joys we have in life that someone maybe lived a hundred years ago or 300 years ago it's the same damn drama, you know, like it's the same problems. It's (laughs) the same things that people, you know, you know, like they see the sunrise, it's that same sunrise. It's the same sunset. It's the same Mm -hmm. trees. You know, you look up and you you feel that sense of wonder or, you know, you feel whatever it is, you know, those same journeys and stories and and feelings are everyone experiences. And so, um, yeah, it's like, it's like, you know, we were young once or maybe, I guess we still are young, but like, yeah, I mean, what did people when we were like 12 or 15 and we're like, you know, listening to hip hop or rap and like, you know, what did people 20 years later or 30 years later think of that? It, it's like, you, you know what I mean? So it all kind of, it's weird how all this stuff just kind of goes full circle. Yeah, um, it's kind of but, the same analogy and stuff. We're like, you know, I'm a musician and, you know, Paul, let me know that you play guitar as well. You yeah. Know? All the music we listen to, doesn't matter what it is. It's all made of the same 12 notes. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Absolutely. Dude, yeah, man. yeah. No way. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just have a couple more because, I mean, this has been wonderful. Again, we appreciate you taking the time out. Yes, yeah, very much. Um, but I have a couple questions in regards to our program. So I want to take the time to ask, and if you don't have any answers to this, it's understandable. But, mm-hmm. uh, Andy, have you ever experienced anything in the paranormal realm to you? Oh man, that's a really, really good question. Um, paranormal. I mean, I am definitely a believer in like spirit and different dimensions. Um, I think if, if, uh, you know, if we, if we go back 300 years or 400 years, you know, or let's say if we go back like, yeah, three, 400 years, you know, we didn't know that there's these things called germs and bacteria. We kind of had an idea of it, but we didn't have the technology to really like quantifiably you know like measure it we certainly can't see it with the physical you know um, dimensions or physical things that we have just like a dog or a cat can't speak they just don't have the hardware to do it so i believe there are different dimensions i believe that 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 in a hundred years from now 300 years from now you know we'll be able to quantifiably prove it like yes there is spirits that probably live among us there is Mm, you know um alternate parallel universes um 
And there have been some hints to that, that like science and physics is kind of, but they can't really prove it. Um, but I most definitely believe that that's true. Um, and as far as paranormal stuff, I mean, I'd look at coincidences, like weird, weird coincidences that just can't be random. Like the right. odds of it are just can't be, you know? Yeah, and I think that yeah. is, that is something happening in a different realm that mm-hmm. is, you know, reaching out. Um, yeah. So most definitely. But have you ever experienced anything or just, just yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, I've had a lot of coincidences like, um, oh, okay. uh, you know, just weird stuff where like, I'll be thinking of something very, very random, or I'll be thinking about someone and then like, I'll, you know, hear about them or like, you know, something will come up and, um, uh, and in other like ways, I guess like on stage, I've had weird experiences where, um, uh, you know, I'll be playing like, uh, you know, this one play I did, I played like a character who was killed and, and, um, it was just weird thing on stage where I just, I, it was like an outer body. experience. I felt like that person's spirit, like entered like my being. And I was just an audience member too. Cause what was happening, I was not controlling. I was just kind of riding away. Um, it's almost like felt like a possession in a way. Um, and yeah, and, and, and yeah, it's, it's wild, man. Like that was a, that was a really wild experience. And, um, um, so yeah, so I've had some experiences like that, um, that, that really kind of just, you know, like took my breath away. Um, and then, you know, just some weird stuff where I was in like a really like, uh, you know, just a bad space, you know, like a couple years ago. And, I remember I was like at this hotel and like, I was just like waiting, you know, to get my luggage or whatever. And, um, I turn on the, like the TV, I was just listening. I turn around and I'm not really a religious person. Uh, it's, it, you know, um, but I am spiritual and, and Joel Osteen of all people was speaking. And I swear to yeah. I, like that guy was just, I felt like he was talking directly to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was wow. just like, I was <laughs> like, I don't know if that's like God or yeah. spirit or whatever, mm-hmm. but it just felt like he just was saying exactly what I needed to hear at that time. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was like, it can't be a coincidence. Like it, it's like what he was saying, just, just, it was, it was so specific to exactly like how I was feeling. And it was exactly what I needed to hear that I just couldn't chalk it off as like, Oh, this was just like, random or whatever um so yeah i think like uh, paranormal experience like you know spiritual experience uh however you want to like define it um yeah definitely had a lot of those and and yeah for sure oh my gosh just for the idea of having the out of body like that oh man oh dang yeah um do you have any anything else to insight conspiracy theories i was afraid to ask that but you know what yeah. What do you think? Yeah, about let's that? get into it. What do you think? Yeah. About that? Um, do you, yeah are you a believer? That's kind of a, you can't ask that question. I mean, with conspiracy theories, it's like, there's so much out there. It was like, even with paranormal stuff, what am I believing in? You know, <laughs> it's like, are we talking about aliens, ghosts, demons, witches, you know, conspiracy theories. That's, that's, in a sense, kind of a loaded question, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, I think there's, there's probably truth in some, but I, I, I think it's, it's a strange time we live in right now. It's a very, very strange time where, um, you can live a life that's very anonymous, um, mm-hmm. and you, you can, you can, um, so I, I watched this, this, uh, 
this documentary on HBO called into the storm. And it talked about like the QAnon thing. And, um, and, you know, I thought, you know, I, I had kind of gone down the rabbit hole of like, you know, checking out 4chan and like, what, what is that? Like, what, what is that all about? And, you know, it's a, it's a really ugly place. Like, I mean, it's, it's really like, there's some really messed up stuff there. Um, but I also thought like, you know, this could be like, you know, you have some political action community or let, let's say even if like not even put politics in it, let's say it's just third parties, whatever. And, and they have money and they hire a bunch of writers and, you know, okay, we know a lot of people are visiting the sites completely anonymous. So you can't really mm. verify anything. And right. let's just, let's just create a narrative, right? Let's just create whatever narrative we want, you know, and let's see if we can push that narrative and people will actually pick up on it and, and do it in a very concerted, and like you know specific way it's not like it's not random like this is very very much controlled and specific and there is an agenda behind it um they do this in marketing all the time right like you know uh you know and so why couldn't this be done why couldn't that same strategy be done because nothing's being verified nothing is like actually being you know and i think this is the challenge with technology it's gotten so good and yeah. you know like you have like deep fakes where even like there's there's tiktok account deep fakes where it's like deep tom cruise it looks like tom cruise like you know yeah. like it actually i mean i believed it I'm like that's tom cruise and it's totally fake like totally fake and um i can't say that i wasn't expecting that in my lifetime but at the same time it's like i never thought that that would be possible <laughs> right 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 oh it's crazy and and so you know like i think i think you know like uh, you, you you have to be really skeptical in this day and age and understand are there are, usually if you follow the money you can figure out like right, yeah. what the what the thing is and and you know if whatever conspiracy theory is being pushed and it's really like there someone's going to get a monetary gain out of it in some mm -hmm. way i think you really have to look at it closely because it you might be being sold you know uh a, you know like a, a lemon you know like someone's yeah. trying to manipulate you you know sure. and yeah. and and so you know, like you have to be really skeptical. I think you got to do your research. You have to look at all sides of this and then really see if you can poke holes in it and verify if this is actually something legit or if this is something that's, you know, um, there's ulterior motives that, that are usually if you follow the money, you can figure out like, oh, yeah, someone's making money off of this particular narrative. And that's right. why it's, it's being pushed. Yeah, you have to use so much discernment nowadays with that stuff because, I mean, essentially... To pull off something like that, you have to have something so full of truth, but just one little lie in there, and that's all it takes to carry conspiracy. Yep. And absolutely, you know, I'm an avid conspiracy theorist kind of thing. I wouldn't say I'm I'm a conspiracy theorist per se. Like I don't sit around and think of things to you know <laughs> theorize about. But you know, one of my things when I hit a a block with like writing music or something of that nature. I'll go watch paranormal stuff or conspiracy theories. And that, that really gets my creative juices flowing, but being somebody that's pretty keen to like a lot of conspiracy theories and stuff like that, like the Q stuff, I've not batted an eye at it once. <laughs> I haven't even looked at it. I don't even all. know a whole yeah. lot about it. Honestly, <laughs> it's weird. crazy. Oh, oh yeah. it's, it's, it's totally like, it's this dude in the Philippines, like this guy who's this rich guy in the Philippines. It's his son. And like he, he he's running the whole website and like, you know, and, 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 and I mean, they're making money off of this, you know, like oh, they're making yeah. a lot of money off of this. And, um, uh, 
there's this really great film called The Master with Philip Seymour Hoffman, and and oh, it, it kind of talks about Scientology and like how it started. <laughs> and you know, the, the, the thing is, is that that you know, it, the the whole premise was was Joaquin Phoenix is this guy. It's after World War II. He's really lost in life. You know, like he doesn't really. He came back from war. He's a little messed up in the head, and he's just lost. And you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman is this really charismatic guy trying to start a religion. And he takes him under his wing. And at first it's like, oh, what a nice guy. You know, he's doing this nice thing for this guy who's lost and he's showing him his way. But it was totally malicious. You know, he's using him and, and yeah. really exploited him. And um, and I think I think what happens is is that it, a lot of people suffer in silence and they feel isolated. They feel like there's no one there for them. And then that, you know, it's very easy when people get in that desperate place in life to then you know, someone says that, Hey, you belong here or you, whatever, um, you know, th they're vulnerable and they can, they can kind of take advantage of that. And that's why, you know, with, and now look, are there conspiracy theories that are true? Yeah, absolutely. We've been lied to as a, as a, as a people, you know, from governments. I mean, like, you know, no one ever said cigarettes cause cancer and, you know, they knew about that. You know what right. I mean? They knew that like, there were things that the public was eating that caused health issues and didn't say anything because the money was flowing and, and didn't right. want to, you know, whatever. And, and so, you know, it's not to say that like everything is, is, is not true or everything is true, but I think, um, usually I found that if you follow the money, you'll, you'll figure out what is, what's the real deal here. Um, yeah. and that's, yeah, that's kind of my, my framework on when, I, when any sort of like theory kind of like gets presented to me, I'm like, okay, you know, what's, what's, where's the money going on this? You know? And, and, uh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. You, you have the you perfect it. mindset. Nailed it. That. <laughs> Absolutely nailed it. You couldn't have answered that any better. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you have a rebuttal? No, no. I think he answered everything right there. Yeah. We got a slick guy here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, again, um, we thank you for coming on. We yes, appreciate it. Definitely. Um, yeah. Definitely. Um, I was man, losing my mind here. Anything else coming up? Anything you want to promote? Anything come, going on um, in your neck of the woods? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm just auditioning right now and just, okay. you know, like keeping everything open. Um, um, yeah. If anything comes up, I'll definitely let you know about it. Please, but yeah, just keeping everything open right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, and if you ever come to Ohio, we'd love to have you back. Yes, most definitely. Actually, yes, come absolutely. here in yeah. person. You come on board. We'll get to <laughs> most definitely. Yeah, absolutely. That would be that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Very good. All right, everybody. We appreciate your time, Andy. You take care of yourself, and we'll talk to you again. Okay. Awesome. I'll see you guys. All right. <laughs>